Here's Johnny. Good morning. Morning. Hello, sweetie. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Get in, loser. We're going shopping. I am a father. That's rough, buddy. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. Hello and welcome back to our seventh episode. Bro. Dude, we've done this for seven episodes. That's so cool. We've done a good job considering, like, <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, <laughs> I think with all the, there's procrastination we do. <laughs> and, and, but there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on and there's a lot happening. And I'm so glad that we've made it this far so far. Yes. So let's get right into the news. We're kind of starting out with um, something a little bit more serious. Right now on the West Coast, there is a lot of fires going on. And it's really serious. Like, of course, this has been happening other years. Um, I don't know. I don't remember it happening to this extent. I, I think it's been growing in the past the past few years. Each time it's just gotten worse uh, as to the severity of these fires. Like I remember last year and the year before, wildfires were definitely they were increasing in numbers. Yeah, like there was like I deleted TikTok because school started, but I downloaded it again just to kind of, you know, prepare for this podcast. Okay, but sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me just... You might that. be a TikTok no, but, um, addict. <laughs> no, no. I actually did pretty good, dude. Like, I didn't even think about it. I deleted YouTube too, though, but I could not keep that I could deleted. never... Like, I had to download it again. YouTube is such a monumental part of my life. I that know. That sounds really I bad. Know. But there's just so much to I watch. I think I could delete literally everything. I could delete Instagram, Facebook, like whatever, anything, but not YouTube. But um, but I, okay. So I was on TikTok, and the the videos that people are showing of how orange it's getting, it's crazy, dude. Like it's so scary. Um, I did see one that was like, um, it was kind of like they were playing that they were like pretending they were news reporters, and they were like, it has been reported that in the United States, uh, um, the orangeness of the sky is because of Donald Trump's spray tan exploding <laughs> or something like that. Wow. And I was like, oh my god. But uh, I don't know. I just I pray for them because. It's really scary. Like I was looking it up and there's already eight people who have passed away because of the fires. And I'm sure that there's many, many more people who are suffering like because of their respiratory issues. Especially with this virus being a respiratory virus. Um, Everything's coming for the lungs this year. 2020 is whack. 2020. Yeah. I I was talking the other day that like... 2020 needs like a big finale and it better be like no it doesn't it better be aliens like think about it like counting down <laughs> 10 9 8 I before 2021 and boom the aliens come in and that'll be the that biggest well. 2020 finale yet because we've had all this chaos all this like destruction all we need is like the realization that we're not the only beings in this universe that would be dope sorry just <laughs> Just weird thoughts with Alana today. (laughs) 
so Mulan officially came out on Disney Plus. Um, the reviews haven't watched it. Have been pretty. Yeah, I haven't watched it either, but the reviews have been not the best. I think that everybody seems to agree that like this remake doesn't have the same charm as the original. I think I definitely think they tried to make it more of a historical movie than the typical Disney, uh, you know, like musicals, mm-hmm. magic. And I think, I mean, I've I've talked about Disney remakes before and how I think it's really like a cheap way for Disney to make money because instead of relying on the many creative um, people that they have because they have so many like artists creators, storytellers writers, you have the resources to make new stories and instead you rely on nostalgia to propel like just make money just it's all about money instead of the content and that just disappoints me but basically i i think mulan i think the general consensus is that mulan is missing that heart but then again i haven't seen it i can't put my own opinion on it i just say in general i think remakes are not great like you cut out the music, you take out the elements that make it endearing, and then you make it into a historical action film of a story that you already appropriated. So I just, you know, yeah. And it's disappointing because it's really important to see more Asian leads in media. And so to have a big company like Disney producing something like this is great. But I just think, yeah, the heart was probably missing from it. Like, I appreciate how they obviously used more diverse set of actors. But I think I would have appreciated a little bit more if it would have been like a different type of story. And they still incorporated like Asian actors into it, you know? Because it was just a money grab, it appears. Yeah. Um, so it's like we can give them at least they actually gave representation. Like, but that's all we can give them <laughs> in that case. Yeah. Remakes in general, we're just gonna say it until we've until I'm proven wrong right now, my stance is that they're never as good as the original. Yeah. Although yeah. It's funny because I just watched Sailor Moon in the nineties and then I watched the Sailor Moon Crystal. This is a complete side note. Um, I actually, a lot of people criticize Crystal, but I actually enjoyed Crystal. Well, I enjoyed them for different reasons. But basically, I think that in the case of that remake, um, I think the point was that they were trying to do a retelling of the story in a way that followed the manga more. So basically, okay, 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 okay. Now I'm just talking about these remakes in general. I've been watching Fruits Basket, which came out... um, this summer, the second season came out this summer. And Fruits Basket mm-hmm. is an anime that originally aired in 2001, but they've made a 2019 version so that they can complete the entire manga storyline. And I'm like, that's an example of a good remake because there's there's effort going into it. But is it a remake if they're just continuing the story? It's a remake it just because like a they started over. Oh, they did? So it counts as a remake because they started from the very beginning. 
we can have an episode on remakes because there's definitely some dude like, like um, we can I know they did like the sheer remakes, remakes versus remakes <laughs> like observe what makes a remake work and what makes it not work i think the important thing is as long as the people who are creating it and working on it understand what they want to do like it can't just be a retelling of the story presented you have to have a a purpose in mind a a goal in mind and it can be a goal as simple as i just want to see this again <laughs> but just something something where you know it's meant to be felt and it's not just to make money off of people who enjoyed it the first time yeah yeah i'm gonna save my thoughts on remakes because i'm a little bit more like like if something hits well the first time like why try to like change that remake it but we're we can like that's a whole different discussion because we can talk about this for a really long time we could Um, (laughs) we could talk about yeah so recently I mean, I don't know how recent this is because any <laughs> recently, um, Katy Perry had her child. She's she's a mom now, which it's I mean, I haven't been following her music as much because it's not really my type of music anymore. But I definitely remember back in middle school, <laughs> like I definitely liked some of her songs. Um, Last Friday night, you could always catch me hearing that one. <laughs> Dude, today there was like a question in class where someone was like, what did you listen to in eighth grade? What artists did you listen to in eighth grade? And I'm like, that sent me back into like a whole realm of just, I was in an emo phase, but I was also beginning to like K-pop. So like there was just this blend of (laughs) genres that don't really mesh that much, but, yeah, I think I was one of the only kids who never went through an emo phase. My emo phase was bad. It was real bad. That was when I loved Zuko, bro. <laughs> I <laughs> His moody teenness was like everything to me. That was a time. I miss the movies in general. Like going to the movies and going to see movies. Okay, and we cannot talk about this. I'm already popcorn. feeling, dude. I'm already feeling like, like I need to go out and do something, and I can't because of everything going on. Reminding me what the movie is. It's just, it's a little much <laughs> for me right now. <laughs> I've just been, you know, I've after like thinking about that, thinking about how I miss movies. I was like, what movies are coming out? And so I saw a trailer for one for Netflix, and it's called "I'm Thinking of Ending Things." And oh my god, Alana, what <laughs> are you sure that emo face is over? <laughs> well, not really. Okay, but um, but I'm thinking of ending things was sp- specifically it's a relationship. Like it's this woman and she's like, I have this boyfriend and things are going really great, but I'm thinking of ending things. And the way it started, like if you watch the trailer, it starts out really light and she's like, you know, as she's describing her relationship. But then when she says, I'm mm-hmm. thinking of ending things, like the tone suddenly shifts. And so I was like, okay, I don't, I didn't really look at the description of the movie. So I thought it would be like mm-hmm. some kind of weird rom-com. But then I was like, this is more of a thriller because the entire plot line is she goes home to meet his family. And then weird stuff starts happening where it seems like 
time doesn't exist and she like finds a photo of herself when she was younger and then her boyfriend's parents look old one day and then really young the next day and I'm like what is happening and then they actually sounds really interesting yeah so I might be watching that you know when spooky season comes around which is soon Ah, I'm excited for spooky season y'all we are so excited dude October is the it's the time you know Oh my god. Okay, so I saw um so you know how obviously we're supposed to be like social distancing and stuff like that. I saw this one like Halloween like um company. I don't even know what it's called. I don't remember what they're called. But they're basically doing like a haunted maze, but you go in your car. I don't, I don't think it's a maze, but it's just kind of like a like a ride and you just like go in your car and I guess you're like supposed to be scared and I mean I'm probably gonna go but at the same time I'm like how are they gonna scare me that's funny because I'm in my car that makes me think of like I don't know I immediately thought of like going through a car wash but like things jumping out at you like instead of like yeah, through I the rainbow like bubble something goes <laughs> like maybe if they make you like put your windows down or something oh my god and then stuff like pops in i don't know that could be cool but also i'm like what if somebody accidentally who isn't that like press it like they're scared so they accidentally press on the um the they accidentally gas run over the break yeah <laughs> i'll tell you how it goes i'm probably <laughs> don't run over anybody I want to try it because I love scary stuff. I love being scared even though I don't get scared. On some other scary news. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> he, okay, he's not scary. But dude, he got tatted for a movie. Wait, just for a movie? Yes. Like he literally got, I think his whole chest. Yeah, his whole chest tatted for a role. And if you click on the picture, um, um, oh, you just have to Google like Shia LaBeouf chest tattoo oh, or whatever. Oh, dude, it's crazy. Oh, it's you a went full all chest tattoo. I'm looking at it. It looks like what is that? It's not like a Ferris wheel. What is going on at the top? Or are those plants? Okay, those are like those are plants. Plants, and there's a person, and then a clown person, and then it says creeper. I guess creeper because that's his role in the movie or something like that, but. I mean, it's like a souvenir for the, the project you participated in. I don't... Mm, what kind of souvenirs are you getting? Because, dude... The life-changing ones. I one. understand. The ones that stick Please. with you permanently. <laughs> I understand some actors, you know, like the guy who played... Sorry, I'm just completely blanking on his name. The one who played um, the Joker who had to like lose a whole bunch of weight. Or different people who have to, you know, do certain changes, lose weight, gain weight, and stuff like that. But getting tattooed this much for a movie. And then I was watching some other people talk about it. And because I haven't watched the movie. The movie that he did it for is called The Tax Collector. But they basically said how he doesn't even take his shirt off. <laughs> like enough for it to so be that for much me, of it a just memorable, sounds like an memorable thing in the movie. It sounds more like he was like, I did it for the movie, but he kind of was like, I just kind of want a tattoo. <laughs> Dude, for me, it sounds like he got like, OK, so I don't know if you remember from the Suicide Squad, Jared Leto, how he 
was basically i don't want to say tricked but he went on all these campaigns and was like promoting this movie heavily promoting this movie because he thought he was going to be a big part of it but then it turned out that he was just kind of a side character so i don't know if that's what they did with him where they kind of he thought that the tattoo would have a bigger impact than it really did but i feel like if you're gonna make get a big tattoo like that then it's like you know you know what you're doing you're making a conscious decision unless you don't unless you get it on a whim or like you were drunk and you were like i'm gonna be in a movie (laughs) can i get a tattoo like uh, i feel like you know that's a conscious decision that you make i find it funny that you brought up shia labeouf because this morning i decided to watch you know the song actual cannibal shia labeouf no 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 oh my god it's a classic from youtube's like youngest days not youngest days but pretty where it's just like shia labeouf he's He's following you about about 30 30 feet feet back. back He gets down on all like you've never heard it. <laughs> no, <laughs> actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Da, 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 da. No, what the heck? I'm gonna have to show this to you. Basically, it's a song where Shia LaBeouf is a cannibal who hunts you down in the woods, and it's your series of encounters with actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf, and it's a work of art, and I recommend you watch it because it was a masterpiece. I'm sorry, I'm just reading the article on this and maybe it's just my commitment issues, but I don't think I'd ever be able to get a getting tattoo. a tattoo. You'd never get a tattoo for a movie? If you were no, no, but in general, would you get a tattoo? I just don't have anything like I don't have any design in mind. Like I remember this one time my friends and I we wanted to get a tattoo just because like we were we were still in high school and we were just like, let's get a tattoo. And we literally just couldn't decide on, decide on something. And we're still like, I still want to get a tattoo with the two of them so that we can just have it. But I just don't know what we could do it of. Yeah, I probably wouldn't get a tattoo. I don't think I could ever decide. Or in the off chance that I did get a tattoo, I would be totally out of my mind. Like, I, I know that state I would be in where I'd be like, oh, my God. Like, you know, when, do you ever get on like a. That's like, what I was on when we were talking about the tattoo. Yeah, like like you're just like hyped up. You're with your friends. You're having a good time. You're like, you know what? I'm going to get a tattoo and I'll get something yep, like really yep. dumb. And Bro, then I'm going to hype you it. up like that next time we see each other. Like I'd, I'd be dumb enough to get like Zuko's face and then I'd look at oh it. Oh my like, God. <laughs> I'd be like, oh why did God. I put this on my arm or something like that? Where I'm just <laughs> oh filled with regret every time I look at the tattoo on my skin. Last thing I wanted to bring up, I was, as I was doing some more research for this today, I saw that a whole bunch of Amazon basic products are catching fire, which I mean, it's Amazon basic. I don't want to come for them, but I don't know if they're known for quality, but just, you know, if you're, if you own any Amazon microwaves or something like that, watch out, maybe be a little bit more careful and keep an eye out if maybe they'll do like a recall or something. Why are you whispering? Sorry, I have Shia LaBeouf stuck in my head. <laughs> quiet, <laughs> quiet. Da, 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 da. Quiet, quiet. Now you're on the doorstep. Sitting inside. Shia Dude. Ah! Welcome, guests, 
to the main course. Today, we shall be dining on a show that I haven't been able to shut up about for the past three months. That's right. Today, we discuss season one of My Hero Academia. Ah! Okay, let me maintain. So, <laughs> Stephanie, what did you know about this anime before you watched it? Okay, My Hero Academia is... It's kind of everywhere. Like, the yes. references to it are made everywhere. Like, if you're on TikTok again, the, a lot of the characters from this anime have been used specifically. Bakugo. <laughs> and just in general. Also, like, there was this, like, soundbite on TikTok that was, uh, it was, like, some guy speaking in a really low voice in Japanese. And then once you look it up, it turns out that it's, like, again, that actor from the show. So... People love him. We'll get to that. <laughs> we will. Yeah, so My Hero Academia is an ongoing shonen manga and anime created created by Kohei Horikoshi. Um, it's basically kind of like this era's new Naruto. Like, a lot of people compare it to that because it has that huge worldwide significance where people just love this and love watching it. The manga began in 2014, while the anime kicked off in 2016, the story takes place in a society where about 80% of the world's population has some kind of special trait. And it follows Izuku Midoriya, a young boy born without any superpower who just really wants to be a hero. Horikoshi, he drew a lot of inspiration from other manga, of course, but also from a lot of comic book hero conventions. So that may be why it gained so much popularity in the United States. It's definitely one of the most popular animes worldwide right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's really easy to see why, because it's wholesome, uplifting, and it's all around a good time, bro. It's so It good. really is. All right. It it really pulled on my heartstrings at some point. At some point. Yes. yes. A few fun facts before we dig in. The English version of My Hero Academia refers to the character's powers as quirks. Oh my god. Well, <laughs> the actual Japanese, I believe the word is kosei. Don't quote me on that. I don't speak Japanese yet. Although at this point, I'm trying to learn because I want to be able to sing along with the theme songs without <laughs> sounding like an idiot. But yeah, the actual Japanese word translates to individuality. Uh, people got attached to the word quirk in the English translation and it stuck. I like both of them because individuality, I feel, fits more with the idea of a superpower. Like this idea that it makes them unique and mm -hmm. individual. But I think quirk is such an interesting word for a power. I really like that that ended up becoming the established word in English. I really like it too. My sister and I were making fun of it, kind of. We were like, oh my God, they're so quirky. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I feel like a lot of people might be like, oh my god, it's quirky! <laughs> and um, that's kind of funny. But yeah, I find it exciting to learn why certain changes are made in translations. Mm -hmm. So that's a fun one. Uh, also, the series has made two movies, one of which I have seen, and the other of which, at this point, I've seen so many spoilers for it, I might <laughs> as well have watched it. It's so sad, I really want to see it. Um, yeah, it's My Hero Academia Heroes Rising. That's the latest one. The DVD Blu-ray release 
in the United States won't be until mid-October. I bet you can find it on sketchy websites. I don't recommend that. (laughs) (laughs) The movies are separate from the manga. They're technically canon because Horikoshi, like, advised them and all that, planned them, whatever. But they do not connect to the main story. So, basically, you can watch the movies without watching the anime Mm. and vice versa. All right. Let's eat. (laughs) Okay, I guess you're making that stick then. I'm going to see. I'm going to try it a couple more times. (laughs) See how it feels. Okay. So, every superhero has an origin story. You know, the story that details how the heroes get their powers and what inspired them to, you know, take action. For Peter Parker, (laughs) that power came from a radioactive spider and the responsibility came from, like, the whole... Traumatized childhood. Yeah, (laughs) traumatizing scenario. Yeah, I love Spider-Man, and I'm getting off track. Anyway, this hero origin story belongs to Izuku Midoriya. He is precious. He is pure. He's powerless. (laughs) And he's a narrator. Yes. (laughs) So the first episode opens with little baby Zuku. Little baby Zuku. Okay, I might say that from time to time because he's so cute. Anyway, as a little child, he's so small. Anyway, (laughs) he stands on the playground trying to defend another little boy from this group of bullies. And he's outnumbered. And then there's the fact that, like, his opponents, one of them literally sprouts wings. So... (laughs) We learn about this world where there are, like, the people with quirks and the people who are quirkless, like our main protagonist here. He is in the small percentage of quirkless individuals, and while his biggest dream is to become a hero, the odds don't point in his favor. So in the present, Izuku is in middle school, 14 years old, question mark? Yes, he's 14 years old. (laughs) On his way to school, a villain pops up, so... He stops to take notes, as you do. He has journals and journals (laughs) upon, like, villain encounters and hero techniques. He waits for moments like this. So that's interesting. (laughs) I just want to, like, talk a little bit more about his him being quirkless and the kind of toll that takes on not just him, but his family as well. Because it's like... His biggest dream, his one aspiration is to be a hero. And to find out that he doesn't even have like a shitty quirk is so devastating. And his mom like tries so hard. Like she literally just apologized to him. And it's like the saddest thing you could ever see. Yes. All right. So there's this point where we, we see how his hero obsession began. And it was when he was really little like he would play this video on the computer of a mass catastrophe. Uh, don't worry, he's not a sadist. <laughs> he just watches it because his favorite hero, All Might, arrives to save the day. Fear not, citizens. Hope has arrived. All Might is basically if Captain America and Superman had a super baby. But- <laughs> oh my god, that's the perfect way of describing it. Yeah, him. he's just it's really weird the like america centric aesthetic he has and he has like superman like powers he really just embodies that kind of 
what's the word prototype for a hero that <laughs> a lot of people create it's really really funny but yeah back to the mass catastrophe thing it could have very easily been a villain origin story because this little kid keeps asking his mom to replay this mass catastrophe video <laughs> like well that's my dream destruction well no fortunately he's focusing on all might but yeah, once he goes to the doctor and the doctor basically tells him, you don't have a quirk. And then we see baby Zuku's dreams get crushed. And yeah, that's when his mom is crying for him and he's crying. And this is when I realized that this show was going to hit me more than I thought it would. Like, yeah. I wasn't expecting an action anime to punch me in the heart like that because he was sitting in the dark room and he had this like broken doll smile I know. it was kind of creepy <laughs> and i was like yeah i was like you good um but my little heart like <laughs> years later he hasn't let that stop him uh, of course, we know that this is supposed to be a hero origin story, so of course we can't stop. What's the next step in a hero origin story? How do we get from point A to point B? Uh, well, first he has to have a near-death experience. Enter Bill Nye the Slime Guy. Freaking nasty. <laughs> like, this is the first villain that Izuku encounters, and he, it's real disgusting, in my opinion. Uh, this slime villain, he like stole a bunch of money and then he decides to take Midoriya as a kind of vessel, like kill him and take his body. And uh, ew, but what do you know? All Might, his hero in the flesh, appears just in time. This show, another reason why I love this show is because it has so many ridiculously funny moments. All Might is so extra. He really <laughs> is. And then Azuko, after getting rescued, he bows like so hard and so fast. I'm like, you're going to hit your head on the pavement. Calm down. Funniest of all, All Might tries to leave after saving him and he super jumps into the sky only to realize <laughs> that Azuko had latched onto him. I mean, you get the chance to meet your hero. You wouldn't let them go, would you? Um, um, he really went above and beyond, <laughs> though. Like, Yeah, would you fly 100 meters into the air uh, knowing that letting go would lead to certain death? Probably not. That's the level of commitment I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't jump to. Okay, yeah. So, Izuku, after having this experience, this long experience with his doctor telling him he can't be a hero, his enemy friend, Bakugo, we'll get to him, it's complicated, and his mom, they've all told him basically that his dream can't come true, and so he decides to ask his inspiration, can I be a hero? Uh, but before he gets his answer, All Might goes through a little change. <laughs> Like, All Might, usually he's, like, this big, muscly, like I said, Captain America, Superman fusion. But he has a full-on, like, Fiona transforming into an ogre for the he first time. He turns into Skeletor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 
he looks like the the this last time I watched it, he looked like a praying mantis. Like the way his hands. <laughs> oh my god! Were yes. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, praying mantis with blonde hair. I actually like him better in his deflated state. He seems more real. I think all my in his muscle form is just so. Oh, I am here. Like, dude needs to chill. <laughs> Not in a bad way. Just in a... <laughs> He's just so extra. So in his deflated state, I like him better that way. But turns out he had a permanent inner... Eh. He had a permanent injury that limits him from using his full strength 24-7. So he looks like a skeleton in a bodysuit. But he ends... In, to answer Deku's question... Sorry, I just realized I'm calling him Deku. Deku is the nickname that Bakugo uses for him. So when I say Deku, I'm referring to Izuku. And when I say Izuku, I'm referring to Midoriya. All the same person, just in case I start to get confusing. Anyway, he tells Izuku to think realistically rather than just live in a fantasy. Uh, enter baby Izuku's crushed dreams part two. Like, ouch. But All Might's kind of right, though. Because he didn't tell him to give up. He just told him there are other ways to be a hero, like be a doctor or something. He said be a which, police officer, which mm. in within age, I don't know about that one. <laughs> but maybe Oof. in Japan it's different. Yes, actually, that is something really interesting is reading up on police brutality in America versus police brutality in Japan. Like the differences, America's... America has a serious issue, but <laughs> talking about serious things now, um, educate, read up on that. It's always important to learn stuff about the way different societies properly police <laughs> their nation rather than, you know, mm-hmm. terrorizing their citizens, but oop, okay. Uh, <laughs> back to the show. <laughs> the villain that captured Midoriya actually got away and ends up stealing Bakugo. Yeah, Bakugo got snatched. Yeah. Also, I don't know if we mentioned it before, but Bakugo is the bully, one of the bullies that bullied Deku. At this point, he's presented to have a really powerful quirk, it being kind of like he, he can produce explosions out of his hands. And this has kind of given him a big head to where he, he's yes. 100% sure that he's going to be a pro hero and he's going to be the greatest. Okay, a fun thing about his quirk, his mom sweats glycerin, which allows her to have really nice skin, fun fact, and his Still dad sweats young. acid. Yes, she actually is like really useful. Useful. Um, his dad sweats acid. Why can't I speak today? His dad sweats acid and he can create explosions, though explosions are Bakugo's specialty. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he really takes his quirk to an unnecessary level. More on that later. These pro heroes, they're actually pretty young. There's Kamui Woods, Mount Lady, and Backdraft. There's someone else too, but they're... Tree Man. Who's basically Tr- just Tree Man grouped. is Kemui Woods. Oh, I'm sorry. Love him. He's, He's Groot. I literally was like, oh my God, Groot. <laughs> oh my go. God, yeah. He can extend his little tree arms. But 
they're pretty inexperienced because they're pretty young heroes. So they don't know what to do in this situation. And even after All Might told Midoriya that he could never be a hero, he's actually the first one to spring into action. He doesn't really do much other than throw his backpack <laughs> and, and cry all over the slime man. But hey, <laughs> he tried. And all the other heroes were inspired and ended up being able to successfully capture the sludge villain with All Might's help. Sludge villain. I'd rather call him Bill Nye the Slime Guy. It's more fun. Okay. <laughs> All Might, after this encounter, tells Izuku that he can be a hero. The words that he always wanted to hear. And finally, we can feel at rest knowing that baby Zuku's dreams are not getting crushed today. Yeah. All Might also tells him that his powers are not inherited like most people's apparently all might was quirkless too bum 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 and his power was passed down to him and now he thinks he found the perfect successor in izuku and that is how izuku gets his powers almost because first we we get like a full-on montage of izuku training to be worthy to accept this power deku had to go from noodle to Rob Rockley, a classic hero montage. <laughs> like, he, okay. I really like this scene because it really shows how, like, throughout this whole movie, I really liked how hardworking Deku was and just how yes. much he did to, like, reach his dream where he was like, I know I'm going to have to work harder than everyone else and I'm willing to do that. And, like, even when he didn't necessarily have to, he was like, I'm still going to do it because... Even when everyone told him he couldn't, he still tried because it was his yes. dream. And it's so admirable he kept of him. reaching for his dream. He's so, he got so strong too. I was like, oh, literally, boy, you worked. <laughs> you worked for this. He'll be like, he'll be like, he, he like does this like mumbly thing where he starts mumbling and everybody kind of gets creeped out. He'll be like in his like, in his room, like mumbling to himself and he'll be like lifting little weights as he's doing it. That's that's something that's really fun and consistent is this anime is that he's you'll often see him studying and working out simultaneously. It's just so it's it's really great that he's so determined. And that's another thing that's really inspiring about this anime is seeing him dedicate himself to this dream that he is really serious about. Mm -hmm. So another thing about this montage, All Might in his skeletal form in a trench coat on a Segway. <laughs> that was the silliest thing I've ever seen. I forgot about that. I want a poster of that. That was the silliest. I don't know. Just. Oh, my God. Wow. Talking about posters, the weirdest thing happened. Okay. So about <laughs> yes. like three days ago, we were already planning on doing this episode. You know, we were preparing for it. I, I was watching it and everything. And then we I went to Target and... We, my sister and I got close to like the poster section and we were just kind of going through it. And what caught our eye was that we saw the My Hero Academia poster, like it was right there. And then next to it was Spider-Man, which is crazy because those are both like Alana's favorite I, shows and movies and superheroes. And I was like, oh my God, this is so weird. How were you blessed? How were you blessed <laughs> in that way? On that day, I cannot imagine. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Some of us are just blessed, I guess. No, I'm kidding. 
Izuku takes All Might's power by eating his hair. <laughs> Listen, it sounds weird, but I think that's the most acceptable way of ingesting his DNA. <laughs> oh no, there could have been. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. I would a hundred times rather eat a piece of hair than the other ways that there is too. Yeah. So Just, many. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take the hair. Yeah. So he can be <laughs> a hero now, right? He's got the power. No. Because <laughs> All Might's power literally breaks the bones in his body. The whole reason he had to like work out all of this time was so that his body could be prepared for such a powerful quirk. And even then, he just had, like, right enough time to accept the quirk. But every time he uses it, it, like, completely, like, it, like, breaks the bones. It, like, burns the skin. It's so, it's super painful. Yes. So. But if he learns to control it, he won't have to go through that. Any hoozles, this is our setup. A once quirkless boy now must carry on the legacy of his hero as a symbol of peace. But first, he's got to learn how to control this new power. So with great power comes great responsibility. Hey. <laughs> okay, I'm done talking about Spider-Man. I promise. I'm done. <laughs> so, yeah, this takes the classic hero origin formula and, you know, makes it fresh. Like most stories are derived from something familiar combined with something new and special. And this show mm -hmm. has a lot of heart, and that's why I love it so much. Um, and the soundtrack is full of bangers. 100% <laughs> true. Hey, if you need, like, a workout soundtrack, <laughs> I 100% recommend the uh, My Hero Academia soundtrack. It will really, like, you are motivated all throughout the day because of the soundtrack. But yeah, um, that's our setup. What do you think of All Might in general? Like, <laughs> I think he's kind of an airhead at some point. Yes. <laughs> he needs to realize his own mortality. I get it. You're the symbol of peace. You're the greatest superhero. Everybody looks up to you. But dude, you don't have a stomach. What? You're missing <laughs> half of your lungs. Like, here's something about... I think Deku loves him too much to like notice how dumb he is but like in that scene where he launches with izuku he literally tries to push him off and then izuku's like if i let go i'll die and he's like oh yeah and i'm like no duh <laughs> this kid can't fly and so <laughs> sometimes all might is just not all there he has the <laughs> so best intentions like he's actually one thing I really liked about this show was that it portrayed the adults or at least the adults that aren't like villains as like really responsible and always having kind of like the children's, um, well, not all, yes. but they always, at least in the first season, like all the adults really sacrifice themselves to help the like new coming heroes who are children. And uh, this is specifically shown through the, um, Teacher and pro hero yes. eraser head. Yes. He's yes. my favorite, dude. <gasps> yes. He's oh my, my favorite. Like, I they portray him as him. this, like, bum who's, like, doesn't do anything or whatever. But he just has this level of responsibility that I really appreciate. 
where like he pushes them and he obviously has the best interest for them even if they end up hating him he's still like willing to do that as long as they're okay and it's oh my God. he's okay. like 100 percent best dad 10 out of 10 like he takes literally care of yes his class of kids he makes sure that they're okay Isola is one of my favorite characters he's awesome but yeah i think i think that um all my he has the best intentions he just he's kind of like you know like the typical like like guy who's like really strong or whatever but he's not like the brightest <laughs> yeah that's him <laughs> that's all my what about izuku as a protagonist i like his motivation i like his determination he cries a little bit too much for my taste <laughs> I love that he cries. I think it just shows how much he cares. And it's honestly kind of like a running joke where a lot of me thinks that he's not quirkless and his quirk is that he cries a lot. Like <laughs> the power that his tears have. He has like really powerful tears almost to a point that I'm like, this is unnatural. Do you, you know, you might need some. And he always gets that like little like, um, like he always gets the like snot coming out or whatever. Yeah, I'm like it's it's kind of cute, but I think I don't know. There isn't really much to hate about him because he's a good person. He's trying his best. He's not like um, trying to like mess up anyone's anyone else's like career or anything. Yeah, he used to be doing pretty. He's good. really easy to root for. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of times one of the things with characters who are like good people is maybe they don't have like much ambition and. He has a lot of ambition, which I personally really appreciate. Yeah, sometimes again, characters, like, get things without... You know, they kind of get their main character status without really deserving their main character status, if that makes sense. But I think, yeah, Zuku really works for what he wants. And, and we support him because we want to see his dreams come true. After watching him cry that one time, I was immediately, like, attached. And, like, <laughs> I don't want to see you cry like that again. This is called My Hero Academia. So, of course, there is the academia part. There's a high school. So we got some characters in here, some interesting characters. Um, the first ones that we meet are Ururaka, Ida, and Aoyama. All really great characters. I'll lighten up my clothes. Oh, and my shoes, too. Oh, Shaka Uraraka. Her quirk, zero gravity. Uraraka, her quirk is zero gravity. So basically, at the touch of her fingers, she can make any object weightless or make anything float, including mm -hmm. herself. She's bubbly. Uh, she's a sweetheart. I love her. What do you think about her? <laughs> I really like her, too. Again, she... I, there's at one point where they all kind of like ask her what her intention for becoming a hero is and she says it's for money right and they're all kind of like I guess it's not as noble of a pursuit to become a hero for money but then when she goes into it she's doing it because she sees how much her parents struggle um, with their business and she wants to do something for them and they you know of course they don't they're not going to tell her to not follow her dreams but I guess what she's doing she's doing it for her family and I, again, I find that really admirable of her. Before that, obviously, I still liked her because she still gave everything her best and um, was, like, not a bad person. But that just really, like, cemented in me that she was, like, a good, a good character. 
it just really shows that there are different reasons to become a hero in this world, and all of them are pretty valid. Because for Izuku, it's straight up, he wants to be a hero, he wants to save people with mm-hmm. a smile. But the fact that she wanted to earn money wasn't an, a bad reason at all, because, you know, to see how much she cared for her family and wanted to do that for her family, it's just so sweet. <laughs> I know. So... So nice. Second person, Tenya Ida. I can only get up to third gear. Tenya Ida, his quirk engine. His quirk is engine. Like he has engine legs. <laughs> it's so okay. It is so creepy because his calves <laughs> literally have little like exhaust Holes, ports or whatever. Yeah, some people are disturbed by that. <laughs> yeah, he's like I don't know, super fast. Uh, when he first showed up, like, he calls out Izuku for muttering or something, and I was ready to fight, because I was full-on, after watching him cry, don't insult my baby, don't hurt him like that, he's precious. I was like, this is a snitch. I was <laughs> yeah, like, do you like, need to shut up? Snitch? I was like, we've but all then- had that student in class. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I know who you are. I the know one who asked about homework, if the teacher's gonna, like... Can we have more homework? (laughs) You know, teacher, I just feel like it's not challenging me, challenging me enough. So can I just have speak for yourself? Ask after class. Don't put us all subject to your, I don't know, whatever this is. To your lack of a life. Now I adore him. Class rep, more like class king. Like (laughs) he, um, yeah, once I understood why he did that, once I kind of knew his character a bit more, I loved him just as much as I love Uraraka because um, there's this scene where he tries to be a villain because it's an assignment and he looks so ridiculous <laughs> because he's kind of being like a really basic Disney villain and <laughs> it's so it's kind of cute to see him try. But sorry, um, I think what I really like about him is how he's willing to admit that he's wrong or he's willing to like he's not trying to hog all the attention. He's not trying to say that he's the pastor perfect. He's just genuinely coming from wanting to follow the rules and wanting to do the best for everyone. And yes, he I don't know. He just never like he, he can like when they're doing the elections for class rep, obviously he wants to be class rep, but then when it comes down to it, he votes for somebody else because he can yes. see the the qualities that other people have that he wants to emulate and that he appreciates the in them. I thought he would be that snitch, that guy. I, was <laughs> I like, know, I thought but so then too. When you actually get to know him and why he interacts in the way that he is, why he why he called Izuku Midoriya out. It was just like, oh, it's more of a part of your character. And it's an endearing part of his character. I'm um, sorry, but he called him out for like the mumbling again. Yes. <laughs> he said so weird. Additionally, you with the unkempt hair. You've been muttering this entire time. If you can't bother to take this seriously, leave. He's like, shut up. I'm like, no, you shut up. <laughs> Sit down. Okay, but also it is annoying to have somebody go. Let's be real. He does it a little too much. It's kind of intense <laughs> and frightening sometimes. That's his I quirk. Mean, yes. The his muttering. quirk is that he can speak at 30 million times a second <laughs> in a very like low tone. 
Yeah. Ododaka and Ida are is two of Azuku's closest friends. That's another part of the anime that I really love is the friendships are 10 out of 10. Just, they're so wholesome. They're such a wholesome group of friends. They make me smile every single time. And there are a whole bunch of friend groups and interactions between the students of Class 1A that I love. Yeah. Next is Aoyama. He can shoot a laser out of his <laughs> belly button. But if he uses it too much, he gets sick. Dude, <laughs> I love how this character is drawn because he, he reminds me of Tamaki from Odoan High School Host Club. I don't know if you've seen that anime. Oh, yes. Yes. The blonde he dude does look like him. Yes. I see and he it. acts like him, too, because <laughs> he he's so like extra. Like, what's the word for it? Um, flamboyant. And OK. Like, he loves to show everyone how French he is, but I don't really know if he's actually French. I want—I don't know if he's French or he's just extra. Like, he's always like, bonjour, and I'm like, okay, hello. Okay, another thing, he's always looking at the camera. It's something I didn't realize until, like, season three, but if you pay attention to him, he's often looking directly at you. And that's really <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> that was something I learned later on that I was like, oh, he's always watching us. Okay. <laughs> but that shows you. He always knows where the camera is. He's always looking for the spotlight. Um, he's really special. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. Also, he has this like kind of V-shaped smile that yeah. never leaves his face, no matter what emotion. Like... Whether he's happy or embarrassed or, like, scared. He has just this... It's so weird looking. And I love it. It's so great. And, of course, we talked about their teacher, Eraserhead, uh, Professor Aizawa. Class 1A's homeroom teacher, Shota Aizawa. He can erase the quirk of anyone he looks at, but the effect ends when he blinks. He is... An inspiration, a mood and a half. When he first shows up, he's in this like sleeping bag thing. First day of class. That caterpillar vibe, totally what I shoot for in life. But I can first impressions that. go, that was yeah. He he made some interesting first impressions. Cause first off, he threatened to expel the entire class. Well, not the entire class, but yeah, he was ready to expel some kids. And I was like, dang, first day? You ain't even going to let them have lunch yet? <laughs> He's a really... Amazing. Just does such a good job. Such a selfless person. You know, not... Doesn't want to be in the spotlight. You, when they... Actually, they a have a fight teacher. later on. A great teacher. They have a fight later on. And nobody really knows him because... Okay. Oh, okay. So... I know some background about a lot of these characters because <gasps> before I ones? watched it, okay, um, for him, I know his background and how he does only underground like work mm -hmm. and how he had this really traumatizing thing with losing a friend. I also know about um, the guy who is, uh, what's his name? The one who's half Todoroki. ice. Yes. <laughs> I feel like, like everybody his whole knows family about story. 
whole story about how his dad literally married his mom because she had the power of ice and he had the power of fire and he wanted to get the perfect child who could use both fire and ice which he does and he's like super powerful and like i'm like wow you're sad life though sad life um and also i already Mm -hmm. knew the thing about like bakuko and his family and who he has like pretty loving parents from what i saw but everybody just stroked his ego okay from what i saw like they're not they're not loving it (laughs) obviously his mom and him are always arguing but like they still care for him you know yes that's that's what i meant um but yeah everybody strokes his ego too much anyways yeah i don't know where i was going with this yeah let's talk about let's talk about deku and kachan or midoriya and bakugo so bakugo is technically like the deuteragonist because as we're following midoriya's story by default we're following bakugo his bully as well they have one of the most interesting relationships of the series and they're the source of my stress my god (laughs) these characters are the definition of foils foils are the opposites in their beliefs in their beliefs in their traits and pretty much everything Bakugo is all about saving lives in order to win, while Midoriya is about winning in order to save lives, like that kind of thing. In the Intrix exam, for example, there were two ways to win points. It was either you fight enemies or you could gain points by rescuing and protecting others. Bakugo Mm -hmm. got in only on fighting villain points. He had 77 points for fighting villains. While Deku got in on only rescue points. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, this is the best example of showing how they're foils to each other. They've known each other since they were kids. Uh, And while people define them as childhood friends, I really don't think that's the proper Mm -mm. name for them. No, no, no. Because Bakugo is out here trying to kill him. Literally, so there's a training exercise in the school where they kind of team up. They create teams where two people are on a hero team and two people are on a villain team. And Deku ended up being on the hero team. Bakugo ended up being on the villain team. And he looks pretty re- ready to kill him at this. Bakugo, don't do it! You'll kill him! He'll be fine as long as he dodges! So we get a real glimpse into their psyches in this fight. Going into their childhood, as you mentioned before, too many people stroked Bakugo's ego. Everybody's (sighs) like, wow, you're so great. I'm like, this kid is beating up kids on the playground. Stop it. (laughs) Just because of the quirk he had. It needed to stop. It was hard. Okay, before I watched this anime, I knew that everybody always talked about Bakugo. So I was like, it was hard for me to hate him, but I couldn't not hate him. (laughs) <laughs> i don't want to say hate. it's really it's easy just, to hate him because he literally he's such a bad like oh, i don't want to say bad, bad person because he also does some he stuff that's like not person. as bad he is a bad it's okay to say that it's pretty but bad. like he doesn't he he's just he has kind of like an inferior inferiority complex with yeah deku which is really weird because he constantly wants to push him down and once he starts seeing deku like once um deku kind of starts starts showing his shards <laughs> showing his um his power his quirk um bakugo immediately takes it as like oh you were hiding from me like why were you hiding it from me and it's like dude it's not all yeah. about you he wasn't hiding it because he didn't he was trying to mess around with you like yeah. just let him live his life god yes okay 
So here's what's really interesting is Bakugo doesn't interpret Deku's compassion as kindness, but rather it's an insult to his strength. So whenever Deku reaches out to him and tries to help him in any way, it seems like a mockery to him. So because mm-hmm. in his mind, there are winners and there are losers. And if he needs help, that's implying that he's a person that needs saving. And so whenever Deku is just being a compassionate, nice person, Bakugo gets angry. And so thinking that Deku played him this whole time and had a quirk the whole time, he was like, Deku's been thinking I've been below him this whole time. And I'm like, no, Bakugo, that's you. That's you. And that's something you need to figure out. Like, bro, why isn't he going after Todoroki, who's like (gasps) way more powerful? I'm sorry. Let me tell you. Bro, that okay. He how is he not already a pro hero? He can literally freeze anyone. Okay. And just burn them. Like I'm gonna okay. I can't say much because I don't want to spoil anything, but I also think Bakugo and Todoroki's relationship is another interesting one because there are so many different ways that these characters compete with each other and reflect different aspects of each other off of each other um for example i think todoroki's a very calm person and bakugo's mm-hmm. very much the opposite so seeing that interaction is always really fun but i don't want to say anything that goes too far into the future but i think that's because to- todoroki had to kind of grow up and know that he was created for his father to have like a powerful asset basically Todoroki. Oh my god. And then the fact that he can't see his mom. (gasps) (laughs) Or that his mom got sent away. Oh my god. I forgot about that. But it also makes sense. Like in a world where you where people in kind of um give their children their their quirks or there's some type of like genetic, like you inherit it. It makes sense that people would um Yeah breed like Think about, you know, there are definitely, I imagine there's like a lot of weird fetishization of like certain quirks and Mm -hmm. people just like trying to have special quirk children that that's disturbing. But I mean, that's probably what happens in this society a lot. Uh, Messed up. Anyway. (laughs) So after this whole fight where I'm basically screaming Bakugo, leave this kid alone. He's done nothing to you because he has done nothing to you. I don't understand. But anyway, after that whole fight, Deku ends up winning the uh, like challenge, but literally broke his arms and had to go to the hospital. I don't understand what Deku, I don't understand what Bakugo doesn't get about this. I'm like, this kid's quirk literally breaks his body. I don't understand why you're so obsessed with the fact that he doesn't use it if it literally incapacitates him to the extent that he has to go to the hospital, they're lucky they have a nurse that can heal him like that. Because anybody else that makes those injuries would not recover like that. Deku tries to explain to Bakugo that he was never hiding his quirk, and he lets the secret slip that his power came from someone else. Dumb, dumb move, Deku. Dumb, dumb move, I know. Bro. I was like, bruh. Like, he came out side to clear the air with Bakugo and then he ended up like declaring war and I'm like Deku what are you trying to do here he <laughs> you already let has out, out the secret 
And then now you're just like trying to fight him. I don't know. But sometimes Deku, when he's around Bakugo, he takes on some of Bakugo's traits. Or when he's trying to fight, he takes some of, he like absorbs Bakugo's energy, which is something that's really interesting. Yeah, it's very fascinating that it's this idea of Bakugo having always been so prevalent in his life and always being a winner, I think. Well, I know that Deku often takes on Bakugo as an inspiration, despite Bakugo being horrible. I have a question for you. Bakugo, hero or villain? Do you have any Mm. doubts about him? I want to see more because I've just watched the first season and I'm starting on the second one. So far, I mean, it's not like he's hurting anyone but Deku really <laughs> that's I <true>. mean <laughs> he centers all of his like homicidal rage on Deku yeah he's just a person who needs to learn some humility and he's he he needs to be happy with who he is and accept that he's a really powerful person and that being a hero isn't shouldn't be so much about who's the most powerful but how can you help others Mm-hmm. Where do you see this relationship with him and Deku going? It's either going to become romantic or no, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what if some that's actually been it? Look, people have some. There are a whole shippers are like a huge part of the fandom. A lot of people have a lot of ships because there are twenty kids in this class. So because how do you like? What did he do to you to make him like? I could see like he liked him, and it was like his own hatred kind of reflecting on him and he wanted to he wanted Deku to hate him so that wow. he would Deep never analysis have a chance. Of ba- you know Bakugo psyche but I don't think it's that I also know that a lot of people ship Bakugo with um Kirishima don't call me out like that <laughs> <laughs> because I have seen a little bit more of the anime and listen that bromance I'm not going to talk about it since I think most of my reasons come later into the show, but I do actually think Bakugo and Kirishima would be great together. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back. Kirishima is also one of my favorite characters. I'm actually he gonna is. start talking about him in a minute. But yeah, yeah, getting into yeah, where we meet more of Class One A and where we meet our main villains is this USJ arc. The USJ arc. The students go into a rescue training place, mm-hmm. but it turns into a villain attack. Unfortunately, where we meet some villains, and the first and one of the more important ones is Kurogiri. Kurogiri is kind of like a butler, <laughs> like, I guess <laughs> is the quickest way to describe him. He pops up and... He says, nice to meet you. We are the League of Villains. And I'm like, the audacity that he's coming in here to disrupt their training course and terrorize them. But, you know, at least he's polite. (laughs) Yeah, his quirk is warp gate, so he can just, like, teleport people places. He brings in a whole army of villains, and he warps students away from the pros, which Aizawa and... 13. 13, those were the pro heroes that were present. Um, so he warped the kids away, 
so that the, his gaggle of villains could like better attack them. So that's where we get our first glimpse of Kirishima and Bakugo working together. Kirishima and Bakugo were the first students to act and the first to get snatched. <laughs> so when, Kurogi, when Kurogiri warps them, they land in the collapse zone. And now for some Kirishima fun facts, because I love Kirishima and he's my favorite. Okay, Kirishima actually placed second in the entrance exam. Mm -hmm. His rescue villain points were split pretty evenly. Appreciated that. He is also the manliest man of UA. <laughs> the reason why I love him so much is he he displays a very healthy form of masculinity that mm -hmm. often brings me to tears, man. <laughs> I blame him for the fact that I say bro so much now. Even though he doesn't say bro at all, I feel like I just, like, adapted that headspace the more I watched this show this summer. So I say bro a lot. I noticed that especially as I was editing the podcast. I say bro every 30 seconds. I need to become more aware and limit myself to the number of bros I say a day. Dude, I've already the amount of my likes now. I say, I want to like, oh my God, <laughs> I really go. need to work on that. Like, no yeah. <laughs> like this podcast has made me realize like what I say and how often I say it. Yes. Like I say, it's interesting. And I'm like, oh my God, don't say <laughs> interesting that again. For the 45th time. I'm going to have to bring a thesaurus in here. And Literally. every time I even think of saying that word, Pull up another one. Back to Kirishima. <laughs> um, his quirk is a hardening, which sounds kind of wrong, but trust me. <laughs> Basically, he can make his body like a mountain, like solid rock. Yes. Anyway, one uh, last uh, fun fact. <laughs> what was that look? Don't know. <laughs> Don't make this weird. Okay. <laughs> Basically... Hiroshima was not a fan of Bakugo at first. He thought that Bakugo beating up Deku wasn't manly. Totally because right about not. that. Yeah, that was not. That, was, that wasn't it. I'm sorry. But when they're stranded here in this situation, Hiroshima gets to know Bakugo a bit better. And they work together really well. And Bakugo is set on taking down... <laughs> I see the look you're making. They work together really <laughs> okay. well. But okay. anyway, <laughs> Bakugo is set on taking down Kur Kurogiri because we all know he doesn't like being made a fool of. Kirishima is reluctant at first, but he eventually agrees after seeing Bakugo. Bakugo is like a great fighter. The reason why mm -hmm. people stroke his ego too much is because he's actually really talented and really clever in situations like these i feel like whenever deku's not around he's actually very efficient because <laughs> instead of focusing on beating up deku he's actually focused on you know doing what needs to be done we talked a little bit about todoroki but todoroki's the person we see next we're just playing on different levels shoto todoroki another of the four admitted to the hero course based on recommendations Work, half cold, half hot. Todoroki is a cool, collected, brainy boy, and he mm -hmm. took out 30 villains. Well, not that many. Well, he took out a lot of villains, basically. He took out multiple villains at once, just with his eyes, in yeah. probably just two seconds. These villains were trash, but it was still impressive. Like, And he was, like, humane about it. You know, he was like, the eyes will start, like, 
killing off your cells but i'm not gonna do that so he like he <laughs> he, he like humane about it in the way that he was definitely not gonna kill them but he still was putting on a threatening face listen like, i wouldn't have blamed him because they were literally going after children they were gonna kill those kids they were yeah after what they did to aizawa oh my god because this was his best moment of the season this is his fight at the end of the season was the reason I knew he would be one of my favorites because the dedication, but not there yet. Cause yes. I want to mention Dinky Kaminari, Momo Yayoratsu, and who am I talking about? Oh yeah. Kyoko Jiro. Momo's quirk is creation. Kaminari's is electrification and Jiro's is earphone jack. So Momo can create anything like the lipids in her body. So basically as long as she knows the molecular structure of something, she could build it. And as long as it's not a living thing. Mm-hmm. Kaminari can electrocute things at a, I don't know, it's more, it's very indirect. So it can cause a lot of damage if you're near him. But that's basically his quirk. And Jiro has these earphone jacks <laughs> that are her earlobes that she can connect to these speakers and blast really loud sounds. But she can also hear things from just by using her little earphone jacks kind of reminded me of vanya for a second (laughs) um my from what's it called umbrella academy jira's very resourceful and very pretty smart in action her dynamic with these two characters one of my favorites um kaminari's ridiculous (laughs) he's a he's a (laughs) dum-dum and momo's a genius yeah, she literally is. That's how she's able to create anything. She just memorizes the molecular structure. I mean, I cannot imagine how much she reads in a day. Because, I mean, to ha- make be able to make so many things and to have that at the top of your head. Because I feel like it's so easy to mess something up. Like, I'd be like, wait, how is water made? Structure. H- Rio? No, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh oh, <laughs> problem arises. But yeah, these characters are really fun. Excited to see them in the future. Um, and let's not forget our main guy, Deku. He ended up separated with the characters Suyu and Mineta. Suyu, who's a goddess, Mineta, who is garbage. Okay, <laughs> he is so weird. He's like a pervert and like not that powerful. He's a straight up pervert his power i don't even want to describe it i feel like it's so his quirk is basically he has sticky balls on his head <laughs> you did not have to add the sticky part to it but that's literally what they are they're like they're these like he has like these this purple hair and they're like you could have said like detachable spheres that can that can I can't, attach themselves I feel like to some it's just certain part things. of his character to be disgusting so i feel like that's the best way to describe it he has like there are these like yes there are spheres that he can detach from his head that stick to anything depending on his mood that's manetta and he's small and he's like his cowardly diaper literally Um, (laughs) he cries but not in the midoriya cry where like you're supporting him he cries in the way where it's like shut up i don't want to hear your whining i don't want you around versus 
Suyu, who's an amazing person, she's basically a frog. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Her quirk but is she's being very a frog. upfront, very blunt. Very yeah, she's like, call me Sue. And I was like, Very I will. kind of like intuitive to where she was the first one who was like, hey, Deku, like you really seem to have a lot of the similar powers as All Might. And he was like, uh-huh, what? <laughs> What's she talking about? <laughs> yeah, I love her. She's great. She and Deku come up with a plan to escape. Mineta lucks out and helps. He didn't really help at all until like the last second. For some reason, all his last ditch efforts worked out for him. At least he did give it his all, though. He he did like take out like because if he takes out too many of his spheres, then like he can start to bleed and he he did it and it ended up helping them a lot. So I I don't want to give Mineta any credit for oh, anything. Maybe it's because <laughs> I haven't watched a lot more that I don't like, dislike him that much. Yes, there are some things. There's just one the one thing he did in particular that I said, uh, that's a that's a but. That's for the future. Yeah. Deku, after he escapes with Suyu and Mineta, he's like, yo, we got to help Aizawa. Because Aizawa, this whole time, Aizawa, he's been um, carrying the team. He, I don't know, he took on like a whole bunch of villains at once just for these kids. But Deku's like, we got to go help them, uh, which was a dumb, dumb move because they're little... <laughs> They thought that because they beat these villains, they could beat the main villain, which I mean, the fact that they were able to beat so many villains at once, I get it. But we run into. But they the were like villain. small time crooks, not even villains. Like crooks. Yeah, basically. So they, they weren't just, ready yeah. when they run into Shigaraki, whose quirk is decay. Can we just talk a little bit more about Aizawa and what he was doing? Because this man, his strength was in surprise short-term attacks right and because of the situation that he was put in he had to go like full-on on like offense and continually fight and like protect everyone for like a long time outside his comfort zone and he was ready to do it right off the bat he jumped in he made a he was like kids get out of here i was like wow 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 he was flying around doing these flying kicks with his little like mummy wrap or whatever scarf Mm -hmm. thing he has and i was just like yes yes (laughs) get it because he oh my god he fought so hard he gave 1200 out of 10 performance Mm-hmm. basically what happens next after we meet Shigaraki is this thing called a Nomu shows up and it's this big thing that was literally genetically modified to beat All Might. And like this is the moment I realized this show was a lot darker than I thought it would be. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. Aizawa gets his face beat into the ground because he protects Deku and Suyu from Shigaraki's decay quirk. Oh my god, okay, we have to talk about this more because the way he does it, he's literally getting his arms crushed. His, like, his, um, what's, uh, the Shigaraki, like, decayed part of his, like, elbow, and everybody thinks that he's out because the blood's just coming out, right? And then as... He was already beat to a pulp. Literally, as Shigaraki's gonna go after the children, he, like, stops and then he turns back and he's like, oh, you're still able to use your powerful, your power. You must be like 
pretty powerful. And I was like, yes, bro, like bring it. And he was literally like, he was like, like um, sitting up, like his head was up and uh, you could tell how much pain he was in. He did the most <sighs> plus ultra. I was hurting for him. I Dude, know. Like literally he had concussions times 40 at that point, but he had the strength to look up just once just to save Suyu from getting obliterated, like, from this existence. Oh, and by the way, his power, the reason he's named Eraserhead is because he can erase people's quirks. Yeah. Did we explain that? Oops. <laughs> Oops. And all, I think he's yeah. a perfect person As long as he can see someone, this. he can erase someone's quirk. Yeah, I think he's a perfect person for this because he is so level-headed and he's kind of going for, like, the best... He, he, out of anyone there, I would trust him with such a powerful quirk because yes. he can really make and break a situation. He and keeps people from going too far. Like, it's great as a teacher because he can mm-hmm. monitor his students and make sure they don't do anything trash. But amazing as a fighter because he, as long as he's attentive and un- in control, which he usually is very attentive, he can do things like power moves like this. <laughs> wow oh my god dude imagine him getting with the with one of the invisible people and then his their children will be invisible and can take away quirks okay that would be oh my god there are so many like a lot of people make i remember there's this there was this channel get in the robot where they would talk about the possible like combining quirks mm -hmm. of different my hero academia characters but there are so many interesting combinations like certain characters would definitely have overpowered babies like it's just like really like Todoroki level power babies that just shouldn't exist because they're just too powerful but yeah at this point the show got really dark because Aizawa's face got beaten to the ground and then we see 13 getting ripped apart by Kurogiri I thought, I thought, I don't know if 13 is a female or a male, but I thought they were dead. Yeah. The thing about, I don't know either because like they changed the pronoun at one point because I don't know, like they were, I thought 13 was a girl. I thought she was a she. And then somewhere somebody said he, so I'm just like, I'll just refer to them as they. Mm-hmm. so yeah i thought 13 i thought they were dead <laughs> i didn't think they were gonna make it from that because to be sucked into your own void like what does that even do yeah like 13's power is to 13's like a it's space a black thing. hole yeah black hole exactly and so they could create this black hole and kurogiri used their warp gate to suck 13 into their own black hole which yikes ow i don't even know Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when All Might finally comes in because I was like, thank goodness. He came in like he was coming home from work and he found his spouse all beat up and his kids in terror. <laughs> he was like, I am here. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is up? <laughs> what is going on here? He has some, this is really side note, he has some really funny moments with his I am here moments. One time he goes, I am here coming through the door like a normal person. I was like, you didn't really have to say that. You really did not (laughs) have to say it like that. All Might comes in here, jumps in. Midoriya, aware of his injuries, is scared and decides to help All Might despite the fact 
it's all might. Everybody else is like, it's all might. Let him take care of it. But because he knows that his like limitation with his power and nobody else really knows that. Yeah. And yeah, Kurogiri tries to warp him. But Kachan jumps in just in time, bro. Then Todoroki freezes the Nomu. Kirishima does some flying kicks. And, you know, Midoriya cries, as he usually does. And that's how you beat the boss. Like, (laughs) yeah, they all buy All Might time to recover. And then All Might goes full on plus ultra. Yeah. Yeah. This show gives positive vibes. And I love it. It's, I'm so grateful I watched it. I don't remember why I decided to watch it. I guess because I was depressed in quarantine and needed something new. And very, very positive. This show really did help me through this quarantine. Honestly, too much. I'm a little too obsessed with it. I have so many theories running through my head. One of those is actually about the traitor. So a, a big thing is this USJ like training session was a secret. So the fact that these villains were able to break in implies that the school has a traitor. Um, do you have Is any it the theories? principal? Because <laughs> why would you the, say that? Okay, I actually don't know if it's the principal. I just have so many questions about him because he's like a cute little bear something. Mm-hmm. And I don't see him doing anything, but he's a principal of this super powerful school where pro heroes are teachers. So he must be like top notch something. I actually, okay, the traitor hasn't been revealed yet. I actually don't know who the traitor is. So I actually, he's actually top on my list of possible traitors. But I also don't trust the invisible girl in this class. It's just because, I don't know, I think she's shady. (laughs) She's too nice. Like, the invisible girl, she's shown up a couple times. Okay, I think it might be the teacher because I remember at the end of the episode where the the guy who can decay people um Shigaraki. yeah so he goes back to like his leader and he's like you lied like all might is still as powerful as, as he always was and there is only four people who know that all might is in this no wait no there isn't because it's also the teachers okay it might not be the principal because the principal knows doesn't the principal know that um, All Might gave his power to Deku. I don't know if he knows that he gave it to Deku, but I know that he knows his power is transferable. I think... Like, there's, like, first... that There are... Like, the teachers as a whole know they that all know. All Might has a deflated state. But mm-hmm. only a limited number of people know that his power is transferable, and that includes the principal... One of his closest friends, Recovery Girl, and of course Deku. So yeah, the principal is one of the four people that knows that All Might's power was not genetically inherited. Okay, because if uh, the principal does know that it's been transferred, the leader that she Shiragaki goes back to report to doesn't is kind of surprised by the fact that there's another person who has the same power as All Might. So that's the only reason why I'm like a little skeptical about the principal being the actual traitor. There's just one scene that I'm not trying to blame him, but Todoroki kind of looks at 
does this really weird thing where he kind of like eavesdrops at one point. I can't remember where in the first season. And I was like, hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I need to watch more. Yeah, this show is really great. There are lots of reasons to love it. There are lots of characters to love. There are hundreds of characters. You can have at least five favorites. I know I do. I could list my five favorites off the top of my head. But, <laughs> yeah, I love this show. Any, so I guess the rating. <gasps> Dude, I forgot about the rating. I was genuinely, I genuinely forgot about the rating. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. What food should I use for this? Okay, did they eat anything? Did they eat? I know Kirishima does Kirishima. He doesn't he really like like meat and stuff. Yes, he does. <laughs> All right. <laughs> In honor of Kirishima, we will use meat as our ranking today. <laughs> so like steaks or something. Yes. Okay. Like okay, steak. Did you laugh because of the meat joke? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Okay, my mind went somewhere else for a minute. I thought it was funny. <laughs> But anyway, listen, he might, he might like that too. <laughs> anyway, so Kirishima. Okay, no, we're not talking about Kirishima. You just put me on another train of thought. Okay, <laughs> rating My Hero Academia. Okay, no, you first, you first. Okay, I give it a. I want, okay, this is, I'm basing this just off the first season. I give it. I give it 13 out of 13 steaks. Mmm, that's great. Wow. It's it's good. I think it meets all my standards for what I like. But I want to be impressed. I want to be surprised. Oh. <laughs> Surprise. Okay. For me, because it is the first season and knowing where it goes, bro, I'm rating it. 11 out of 13 steaks. Oh my god. Because watching this, actually, I was kind of like, bored is not the word, but I was just, I've seen it so many times at this point, and then knowing- You have to rate it off, okay, never mind, yeah, okay. Rating it solely, if you want me to rate it solely off of- without the other seasons and No, you should rate it based off of all the other seasons so people okay. know what they're getting into. Okay, if I'm rating it off of all the other seasons? Okay, no, 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 no. I'll stick with 11 out of 13 because it continued, it, um, it was really great. With the context of the other seasons, it gets better. And I'm excited to see what they do next. Cool. Thank you once more for listening to our podcast and it going on this adventure with us please if you're interested in this show i think it's on hulu it's also on crunchyroll and it's 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 good it's really it gives like alana said those positive vibes and for next week's episode we're gonna go a little bit darker i'm gonna bring in a mm -hmm. different genre that we haven't talked about yet um, I don't know if you guys have heard about this little old show called You, but <gasps> that's what we're going to do next week. Okay. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs>